podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Midweek Fix on the LFC Day Trippers. I'm your host, Keith, tonight for a change and I'm joined by Gav and Shawnee. And tonight we're going to look back at the Liverpool career of the great Divock Origi. Now, Divock Origi is a player who has maybe divided the fan base over the years, has probably divided the three of us over the years. But we're going to take a look back at the best, the highs and lows of Divock in his time at Anfield and see where he rates among the... The greats of Liverpool, uh, is he a Liverpool legend? Is he a Liverpool cult hero? Or where does where exactly does he fall on the pantheon in the Liverpool list? Um, Gav, I'll start with you. Mm-hmm. Divock Origi, what does he mean to you as a red? Uh, it's a hard one. And I think the biggest thing is probably, you know, the legend or, or cult hero thing. Um, we probably get to that later. What he means to me is just big goals in big games. Um, you know, I was looking back at it earlier. I do very little research for these shows. You know that. Um, you you two kind of fill the gaps in with all the research and stuff like that. But just when you look back at when we signed him, like I look back and went, fuck, he was signed by Rodgers. You know, I, I just couldn't, I was finding it hard to get my head around that um, because wasn't he at the World Cup and was it Brazil? 2014? Yeah, and um, like Liverpool are getting him. Liverpool have signed him and well, everyone was kind of watching him. He was really young at the time. And but it's just big goals, Keith. You know, I, I think he's been unfortunate in his Liverpool career. Um, one injury in particular that we'll probably get on to. But just when you look back at the goals, um, he's, he scores against Everton for like just for a laugh. Um, you know, you look at the Newcastle stuff, Barcelona, um, the, the one even this season against Wolves. You know, it's just loads. And what he means when when I think of Divock Origi, I probably think of someone that didn't fill his potential at Liverpool, but at the same time, he's involved in some of the biggest nights this club has ever seen and you know we get on to we get on to legend or our cult hero but whenever I think of Divock Rigi now I think of probably the most laid back player I've ever seen at Liverpool um, but not laid back as just doesn't care and you know picks up his wage every week he, when he's put on the pitch a lot of the time he makes a massive difference he's, it's actually ridiculous when you look at it Shawnee, do you agree with Gav? Is he all about the big goals? Um, is that what he'd be remembered for by you and by the majority of Liverpool fans? Yeah, got <coughs> moments, I suppose, yeah. is the way to sum Origi up. Like, <clears throat> he has as many moments as any player in that squad now, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Um, and the fact he was kind of there when Klopp came in as well, that's where, in my opinion. I think, I actually think Origi is desperately unlucky because I actually think his career at Liverpool could have had a completely different trajectory had he not got injured in the run-in in Klopp's fourth season because we've seen um, we've seen how dependent Klopp was on him um, in that Europa League run and even in the league he was sort of a he was a, becoming a bit of a talisman he was scoring goals for Klopp um, he gets the two against everything and then he gets injured he gets done by Fionn's Mori and he, He's big goals against Dom and then the Europa League run. And that's kind of where it all started with Origi. Um, I I think he's he, he has mad ability. I definitely think there's a player in there. And 
I think Liverpool fans were kind of frustrated along the way because it never really got going for him again after that injury went. It really looked like he was going to be our go-to man. Like I remember being gutted when we when we found out he was going to miss the final, and I remember I was a lot. Um, that's how a lot of the fans felt. He felt there was going to be a big miss uh, with Origio, and he never really, he didn't really recover. Um, he never really regains his place in the team. He's he's in and out in clubs for season. Um, then we make it to the Champions League. Then he's he's loaned out to Wolfsburg. He has a good loan out there. And then he just comes back, and I remember like it was kind of willy wonty sort of thing. But he always hung around, and to be fair to him, any time he threw him in in the Carabao Cup, he got goals. He just seemed to score when he played, but he just he didn't seem to be fancied all that often. And but he hung around, and to be honest with you, it looked like for a while he'd probably went past the sell-boy date. Like, he probably should have left after the Champions League final because the year after that, he, did, he does not a lot. He, get, he gets goals against everything, and, but he's, he scored against everything whenever he played them. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, like, I'd say unlucky, but at the same time, extremely lucky to have the moments that he did have. And he'll forever be remembered by this fan base. He'll... Uh, and he'll, he'll honestly, he be, he's a legend for me. I think, I think cold hair. I was a little bit belittling of him. For me, a cold hair. I was someone like Lucas or something like that. Who you knew loved the club and was all about the club, but never really won anything. Origi's gonna walk away now with every medal he could have possibly won, playing for Liverpool, scoring big goals. He scores in a bleeding Champions League final. He gets obviously he gets two in the in the semi-final. So, look, for me, Origi will definitely be missed, uh, not only by sections of the fan base, but I actually think as a member of the squad because to have somebody like him around who was willing to do that role, who was willing to take that role, he always provided. And I, I genuinely wish him all the best. I, I, I do. Like, I was I was sad that he didn't get a chance to get a run out on, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's the same here. It, it was the one thing I was looking forward to actually on, on Sunday's game was seeing Divock, you know, because right, we did have something to play for, but I felt that the game on Sunday was going to be a real team win for Liverpool, even though it, it was a bit more sketchy than it, it probably we thought it would be. It was the idea that Divock got a send-off that I was looking forward to, but we can go back, right? So Divock's 27 years old. He was born in 1995. His father, Mike Origi, was a Kenyan footballer who played a bit of a journeyman, a bit of a jobber but he was um, he played in Belgium predominantly for us stands where Divock was born and for Genk he's a 6 foot 2 or 6 foot 3 striker who didn't score many goals in games so Divock obviously didn't lick it off a stone but he comes through at Lille Divock Origi does so he, he, he I think I don't know he's in a it could be Genk's youth squad or oh, maybe I'll stand someone in the chat will, Laura Duffy or something, she's there, will tell me where she where he was. He was in the youth team and he went to Lille, I think, at 15. Goes over there, breaks through. So, yeah, it was sort of 2014. Um, he actually signed for Lille at 15. He rejected Manchester United, which is always a good thing. Um, always good bonus points for Liverpool fans when you hear things like that. But he signs for Lille and he breaks into that team in 2013. Now, 
he plays a few games for them, doesn't score that many goals, but that's the, the story of Divock's career. But he gets into the World Cup squad for Belgium in Brazil in 2014. And Sean, you're going to come back to you again. Do you remember Divock in that World Cup? Did, did Was he a player that stuck out for you and were you interested in him? Because I think Liverpool had pro- probably signed him at that stage. And yeah, we did. We agreed. Uh, it was agreed. He agreed was going to yeah. sign after the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. going to go back to Lille then on loan. Yeah, um, that's right. That so it was a ten million, ten million pound deal. It was that was agreed. So what do you, what do you remember of that World Cup? I remember looking at him going, Jesus, he's raw. Yeah, he's very raw, but he he looked very skillful. I remember him being really silky with the ball and and quick as well and strong for his age. And you thought. He could really grow in to be a good player. And you need to realise the strikers he was keeping out of that team. He was starting games for Belgium yeah. in, in the World Cup. And there was a few clubs after him. And it felt like the only reason we got him was because I think we allowed them to go back to Lille. It was one of those type of things. So it was always like kind of one then in the back of the pocket where you were waiting for him to come. And then I remember then when he was back to Lille, he's actually voted in the worst team of the season in, yeah. in Lille. Well, but then he comes to Liverpool... And he's look, he looked decent, like he was good when he played, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the story of his career. I've seen people in the chat there saying he wasn't good enough. As a 13, 14 man, you don't get better, yeah. in my opinion. That's that, and Honestly, genuinely, I I think there was games when he came on at Liverpool and he felt a bit just That's the way he lives. Um, that's the way he is. Like, well, what I've got to get on to some of the moments and... Some of them are actually hilarious. I think we're looking at like the more the serious one, but when you get into the trivial things, I think that's what really makes Divock a legend because it's the moments, but it's not only that, it's how he goes about them. Like look at that picture there. The picture yeah. in the in the graphic. That's like it's a toad round cup toy at home to fucking stockport yeah. in the FA Cup. That's a Champions League final. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's a Champions League final. Like the, the fella walks off the bench and just rolls in the bottom corner. And I was a in the, the game, by the way. In the Champions League final, he's awful. Yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, he couldn't hold on. But the thing, look, Klopp trusted him. And that and that's that's a big thing. Klopp trusted him and put him on there. And he pokes home the winner. And he, he gets he gets to the club turned around and said, I actually broke my heart to leave him out of the team because of how what he did in the second leg. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he fucking he always came up for us, always come up clutch. Like we've went, we've gone on all season about quads and trebles and this and that. You don't get into positions to win quads and trebles if you don't have an Origi in your squad. If you don't have a Solskjaer in your squad, they're the type of players that get you over the line in the cup competitions and allow you to kick on in the league competitions. They're the type of players you know. I can throw him out there and he's going to do a job for me no matter where I put him. And that's exactly what he was. So in that in that sense, I feel that we're definitely going to have a, a job on our hands replacing him. Now, I see Minamino already doing things like that and I'd love him to stay. But Origi, like, look, a big tell for it is he's going to the champions of Italy. Mm. It's, yeah. not like he's, it's not like he's heading off going to a Lazio or... And Napoli or Udinese or something, and to just kind of kick ball trying to get into what World Cup's got. The champions of Italy mm. are after him. And look, all credit to him. And I just think there's a there was a lovely relationship there between him and the club because I was reading today that 
Liverpool actually had an option to extend Origi if they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. It was up to them. He'd played enough games and they could have extended him if they wanted. But they didn't because they knew he wanted the mill and they didn't want to prove the mill of a mill because that's what actually had happened to him. That's the only reason why he stayed at Liverpool because maybe Liverpool's value of him was too high. But it was sort of like a gentleman's agreement in the end where he said, OK, look, we'll let you go. You've done enough. And he's after the Milan now. And look, I, I will watch him. I will watch him keenly. And I have a feeling he's going to be a hit there because it's always been a thing with Origi. Wolves should sign him. Brighton should sign him when he plays his scores. We're going to see now. So it could either go one or two ways. The fella could end up leading, launching in goals and be leading the line for Belgium in the World Cup at Christmas. And I, I genuinely hope he is. Indeed, indeed. Gav, so Sean, he touched on it there. He, he goes back to Lille in his first year. He scores nine goals in 44 games, gets voted in the worst team of the year by Lequipe. At the time, I remember reading a lot of stuff about it and people were saying that's ridiculous. Like he, well, Lequipe are notorious for this. They do, yeah. they do all the, um, they do kind of the official, they're kind of seen as the official um, match raters in, in world football, aren't they? Yeah. And they come and out they with give out zeros like, yeah, and all, don't yeah, they? Yeah, like complete madness. Like, but in the in that World Cup, from what I remember, Sean he's right. He is very raw. I think Liverpool jump a queue and say, right, ten million down. You can go back on loan. That seals the deal, and they're quite happy with that. I think they they expect them to be good in the World Cup or show flashes in the World Cup that will kind of push up the price. And you know, Liverpool are willing to do that ten million, and it could have doubled or trebled that if he'd had a really good World Cup. So it was good business. When you seen him in that World Cup. Yeah, you could see he was pace, he was power, he had got a bit of skill, but you could see he needed work. And I think um, to seal the deal and get him going back to Lille as part of the deal, I think Liverpool probably would have opted on that anyway. You know, it could have been Liverpool that put that forward. Listen, he's probably not ready for the Premier League, but we're willing to take him, um, take the transfer now and and let him develop a bit more. Uh, Keith, I feel, I've said it before, I feel sorry for him. You know, he goes to Lille and, and it's like, oh, the worst team of the season. And you're like, what the fuck's sake? Do you know what I mean? Um, and I, I remember people at the time going, oh, we're spending 10 million on this fella. Because you remember at the time, you know, when we spent money, when we spent 10 million, we we kind of needed them to be a 50 million yeah. pound player. You know, the sort of way we're, the way we were spending the money. And when people seeing this, like most fan bases, they absolutely panic. But it was just a case of he's really young. He's going to take time to bet in. And he, like he's been picked before Daniel Sturridge in that team in 2015 when, when yeah. Klopp, Klopp takes over. And the only thing I would say is that, you know, Klopp was playing a certain way where he was kind of playing on the break a little bit. It was it was a lot of pressing and winning the ball and trying to break. And, and that suited us with Origi because he was quick and he is a finisher. There's no doubt about it. He's a finisher. But I think the, when the injury comes along, I think, you know, the way we say about players where the team evolves beyond them. And I think it did. I think if if he'd have stayed fit and continued being up front for Liverpool, Klopp might have went, maybe went a different way, you know, and maybe tried a different approach. But when he's out, the players he has at his disposal is one where, yeah, we'll trigger and we'll press, but we'll look to have a guy in the middle, i.e. Roberto Firmino, that will hold the ball a bit better. He's a bit more of a playmaker than an out-and-out forward. And we look for our wide men to to affect games, and I think that that's kind of one. It's probably it's probably the biggest thing in his Liverpool career to get 
the squad and the team and the way Klopp decides to go and play probably go evolves without him. And it's because of that injury. But he's still here in 2022 and Klopp absolutely adores him. Yeah. And that, that speaks volumes for him. You know, that Klopp, I always say, you know, Klopp is, will reward players that put in the, the graft for him. And Klopp, I felt, rewarded Divock with a new contract after the Champions League, not for what he'd done in the Champions League final, for what he'd done for him before that. You know, we touched on it there, lads. And we'll talk, his fourth season, he comes in under Brendan Rodgers, makes his debut in a 3-1 defeat against Manchester United, but he doesn't score his first goals until a, a Carling Cup quarter final against Southampton, in a way, win a 6-1 win, and he bangs in a hat-trick. Yeah. He was excellent. He, he was brilliant that goals, night. He bashes yeah. one in the top corner and he scores a really good header, doesn't he? Yeah. He was brilliant in that game, but it's it, that's under Klopp. So at that stage, I think Klopp has come in and he sees something in Divock. And if we remember back as well, Jürgen Klopp, when he was at Dortmund, he played with Robert Lewandowski, you know, a tall centre forward. He he had a Chiro in Mobile. He didn't walk out. So you could see a, a, a situation, Sean. You couldn't you wear Divock Origi physically doing a job for Jürgen Klopp. He scored in these important goals and as Gav touched on, he could have been a, an option for Klopp. You know, he wasn't the finished article, we know that. But Klopp loves a project and he was getting them big goals and then the injury comes up. Um, talk us through what you remember about the injury and, and you know, everything around it. I remember he was flying. I remember he was he was on a serious run. He was on the tear up to that game. He, he gets the goal, he puts his one nil up, doesn't he? Yeah. against everything and he gets done by Fiona's Mori he dances on his ankle and Klopp was furious after it before it that was that was the, correct me if I'm wrong I think that's the first game after the quarter final against Dortmund yeah actually I skipped over the Dortmund game but yeah the two yeah. legs so if you want to talk about Dortmund Sean you he go ahead two big, he scores two big goals in that toy he puts his one nil up away and then he gets the goal to get us back in it then as well um, at Anfield. And that was kind of when you saw the sign. Like, he's a very clutch player. Like in yeah. basketball, they call him like a clutch, like a six-man, someone who you can bring on. And you know they're going to do what they need to do in moments. There was often times when we were deadlocked as well. I remember him coming off the bench. I think it's nil all against Sunderland. And he just whips one into the bottom corner. He always had that in him. And it, it was kind of a mystique around him towards the end where... You'd be sitting there and you go, this game needs Divock. Like on, like on Saturday or Sunday gone, when I was watching Liverpool against... The Wolves, was, was the thinking, same. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, fucking hell, you love like, this game that needs Divock. You know, like the type of game that needs Divock. And he wasn't there, sadly. Like So he kind of missed the opportunity to have that last moment. But that's basically what he had done. And I'd say what was frustrating about, around that was, was when Divock went down the team, he was kind of... Him and Bobby was coming into his own, really starting to shine uh, as a forward player. But Sturridge was ridiculously good. But the yeah. problem was with Sturridge, and we all knew straight away, was that he wasn't durable enough to play Klopp's football. So Klopp had to manage Sturridge in a way where he literally only had him for the big games because he, he, he wasn't able to press and do it because he just he didn't have the, the physicality. Definitely had the technicality. So I think it was there was a an element of club trust in Origi again. And he was one of the fourth players that he trusted. You think like when you go back to that team, you think Lalane, you think Milner, you think of the players who club put his trust in to implement the system. And 
Origi starts the fourth game away, a uh, uh, sports club's fourth game. So he was always fancied by him until he wasn't. Because then what happened was we bring in Mane and then it's Mane and Bobby. And it's kind of flicking between Coutinho playing out left and we kind of had a front three then. And then Mo comes in. So like Gav said, by the time Origi even realises, he's behind, he's number four in the best front three in the world. And when I say number four, like it was a big drop-off. you know. And it could have been so different for him because had he not got injured, who knows? You know, like, who knows? He probably would have played the final. He probably would have been a difference because he was he was that good for us at that, at that time. So, look, I'd say it's one of them. It, it was kind of forks in the road along the way for Arigi and it never really worked out for him. But he was lucky enough to have his moments in the end. And he has a handful of them. The fact that you just skipped over the Dortmund game there would suggest you forgot that because it wasn't yeah. fresh in your memory. Because there's so many others. Like, and and that's that's what he's done for us. And when he goes, we will miss that. I'm not going to lie. There will be games next year where you go, Jesus, we could have done with a Divock. Now, that's not the piss and moan about it. But that just might be because there was like everything at home. You remember that the, the year we're running away with the league and we need to win it at Christmas. Klopp just throws out a mad lineup and just throws him, yeah. Shakir, your man in the front three. And the fella nearly bangs a hat trick. Yeah. as well, wasn't it? Yeah, like, he's just, he, it's brilliant like that. And the kind of the fact now that, that that'll be gone. It will be sad. But look, his legacy will live on. The fella has done more than enough for us. He owes us nothing. So. He's, he's a £10 million signing. And he he spent eight years at the club, and you know like Minamino is an eight million pound signing, and you don't expect him to do mad mad things at Liverpool. You know that sort of way. Um, you expect him to be a backup. So you, I know we sign him on on you know um, I suppose potential and stuff like that. Does he reach the potential? No. I don't think he does for a for a sustained period where you would go. He's your number nine, but you still have to look back at it. I always look back at it and I think to myself because <clears throat> you remember the time, Shawnee and, and Keith. Like I remember going away to Man City and me Firmino up front and Alan and Coutinho playing off him. You know, there's mm-hmm. no pace in it. There's no pace in it. But he would have started that game. I think. He, I think that's after he gets his injury. Yeah, and that's where yeah. Klopp was at the time. But then you mentioned Manny and Salah, who are just speed merchants, and. No, well, they're a lot more than speed merchants, but one of the main things is we've added massive pace to the front three. And we, we people spoke about that when they signed. Well, that's a lot of pace we've added. And that's where Firmino suited him more because he was a facilitator and, and, and better at looking after these lads than maybe Origi. He probably would have been running into the same channels, you know, getting in their way and stuff like that. And it probably wouldn't have worked. But isn't he the one that scores the goal at home to West Brom? Where the whole they go to the cop and they clap the cop all yes. together. I think he's the man that scores the equalizer. Okay. No. equalizer. He, he is. He does. He gets the second goal. No, he gets the second goal. Doesn't he hit it? It deflects in, and that's the game. He's actually the man that scores the goal. Yeah. That we end up at the cop, and you know I've been ridiculed over, but people have gone really quiet over that over the last couple of years because Klopp has explained what it was about and has kind of backed it up um, since explaining it. But like Sean, he said, like, look, when I look at Divock Origi, I think to myself, 
I'd have loved him to see him not get that injury, just to see where he went. He probably still would have been phased out to a certain extent, but he's been at the club eight years. You've never heard him moan. You've never heard him give out. He's been, when he's called upon, he's come on and try it. Now, sometimes you look at him and go, he's not trying. He's not arsed. But I think that's just the player he is. But overall, <laughs> is, he, is he good enough to be in a Liverpool starting eleven? Probably not, if we're all being honest. But is he good enough to be a backup? Like, I remember being at the Derby earlier this season at Anfield and everyone around me in the cop was like, just bring Origi on. Genuinely just bring Origi on. And he comes on and he um, he's involved in the first and he, he gets the second, you know. And, and that's that's where he ends up being at Liverpool. And I'm actually happy that he hasn't settled for just being that. I think, yeah. you know, like you said, he could have extended and he could have just continued on being that. But he's obviously taken the decision. No, I'm going to go to Italy. He will probably be AC Milan's main man up front. Um, Ibrahimovic is not getting any younger. Um, and the other guys around him are different-ish kind of players. But as laid-back as he is, he's taken a big decision in his career. It would have been very easy, like you said, Keith, to go to a Wolves, stay in England, go to Wolves, go to this, go to that. But he hasn't. He's gone to Italy, which is a different league altogether than what he's played in. And, and fair play to him. I, I wish him all the best of luck. But just just like, I can't wait to get on to the goals. <laughs> I really can't because um, like you brush over Dortmund a little bit. But they won't, the, the one away at Dortmund is, it's a really good finish across the keeper. He doesn't really hit it well, but it's one of those where it, if you hit it too well, you probably don't score. And that's the game where I remember going, fuck, he's being picked ahead of storage. And it was a huge surprise on the night that he was picked. And again, he's part of that st- stuff in the second half and he never stops. And he just seems to turn up at certain points where he probably didn't look like he was trying last week away in the Carabao Cup or away in the league game. But he, he rocks up in different things, different games and just go and just scores. It's, it's actually, it, when you look at the goals he scored, who he scored them against and, you know, what stages of competitions he scored him in. It's actually insane. I'd actually love to see another player. I'd actually love to see another player that has played the amount of games, right, for Liverpool or any other club, right? I think he's played 170 games for Liverpool, right? Um, I think that was his appearance. Uh, he's played 175 games. Right, so he's played 170 <coughs> games. Yeah, and I think he's about 40-ish goals, has he? <laughs> 41 goals. Oh, so, so one in four. One in four appearances he has, right? But I'd love if you could find me a one in four striker that's probably, for the majority of his career, at a club being fourth, fifth, and possibly sixth choice that scored that amount of important goals. I don't think you'll find one. I genuinely and don't. And I'll tell you, I'll add to that, I honestly believe there's not a mother player in the squad would have scored that second goal against Barzik. There's probably not another player in world football yeah. who would have scored that second ball. Trent just whips it. And you can do it. Like, it's just pure divac. He just goes, ah, here's the ball coming in. I bet I just put this in the net. Yeah. No thinking. Always <laughs> you know? cold because he's, he's so laid yeah. back. Yeah. Other strikers probably swipe at that or take a touch. You know, like, it's, it's it was just pure divac. Like, the moment he gave us, even the force in the ball. But he's, ball he's a lawyer for it, isn't he? Because he's a good, he's a good goal scorer, and that's what good. That's what he's always had. I'd say if you added up the distance for most of his goals, it's not going far. He's a decent strike on him. He did score a couple of goals, gets a couple of nice goals in the in the Carabao. But he's always just in and around there, mincing about, just making himself a handful of nuisance. Like again, the one that bounces off the bar against Everton. 
<laughs> that's about being alert. Yeah. Like Gav is laughing. Yeah, because I, 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 I think he comes off the bench and thinks about one nil down. He, he <laughs> grabs, he definitely grabs the ball after that one. Going, right, let's go back and try to get a winner. Because, like, genuinely, I think, I think he thinks it's nil all or it's one nil yeah. Everton. He's probably here. He was probably on the bench twiddling his thumbs, and he got the show, and he had no idea what was going on around them. Because, for like, I read Milner's Milner has a chapter in his book dedicated to him. Yeah, about how they isn't he leaving? And isn't he just, leaving watches on phones and shit on planes? Leaving twenty, thirty grand watches behind him on in has an iPhones on planes and all. And he said, Mintler said, if you just seen it there, you know why? That's the box. And you'd say to him, you like, yeah, all right, look your man out far at head. Yeah, I'm fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, just kind of, just kind of gets on. Yeah, far down. Yeah, like, and he's just so laid back. And I think that's what, I think that's what makes him kind of special in a way because. Players crack under pressure. Uh, someone is either perform under pressure, but he remains the same, like a steady Eddie. And the big games, that can be the difference, at the ice in the veins. And that's what it proved to be because, look at the like Gav said, there's not many players whose goals have had bigger impacts in run-ins or wherever. Like 18, 19, he gets the one away to Newcastle. And at the time, that seems like a huge goal. And it feels, Sean, doesn't it feel like he hasn't been there all season? He just rocks up and goes, we're in a bit yeah, of water I'm here, are we? There's a Rigi. It's not everything and a Rigi's around. It feels like a six-game loan deal we've put together. That's what it feels like yeah. at the end yeah. of the season. It's mad. He's a pure wild card. He's a wild card. <coughs> and the fact he's lasted this long, um, it's a testament to him. Look, I'm delighted he's moving because... I do think he has. I think there's a player in there. I genuinely do. I think there's talent. I don't think you're able to score goals like that and be a bad player, to be honest with you. I don't think it's it's not possible to have that knack and just have no ability. He's still 27. He probably could have left when he was 25 after winning that Champions League and gone on to do mad things. But he probably didn't fancy where he was being offered to go. But AC Milan, I think, is a great move for him. And we're really going to see what he's made of. And I genuinely hope he bangs in goals. because Champions League next season yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Like, playing for the champion. Like, he's going to be... Number one seed. He's going to be there, there. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. number one. Yeah, like, yeah. They, like it's... It's... Um, it'll dawn on people just how good he is, I think. And I think there'll be a lot of clubs who probably scoffed at him will probably regret it. Because I think he's going to go there and do well. You only have to look at what Tammy Abraham is doing in Syria. Mm. That's not a slight on him. He probably is a really good player. But I think I think Origi could be a roaring success in the in the Serie A next year. And I hope he is. I just I wish he just had a stayed in the league just just to torment everything even more. <laughs> Tammy Abraham is a good example, a good comparison because they are physically quite similar. They're both tall. Um, but they're quick and strong and, and can finish, you know. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he does develop there. But before we move on, IP Vanish are the sponsors of this show. And um, anybody uh, who has uh, VPN, they do. Gav, give me the numbers on this because I always forget. And I know you love doing this. So it's what's it, a 70% discount? It's at a the 70% moment discount. It works out at $3.20 per month. Um, yeah. Compared to other sites that are, yeah, some are most are between eight and, eight and fifteen dollars. This yeah, works at three dollars yeah. twenty a month. Um, 
Well, I just do it for you, Keith. Do it for me. Do it Thanks, for me because no I problem. have it. It's just ingrained in my brain at this stage. Uh, IP Vantage is a VPN service that you can get at a big, big discount for LSE day trippers, listeners, and viewers. The link is in the description. Um, most are between eight and fifteen dollars a month, and um, this one is at three dollars twenty per month for the first year, um, which gives you about a seventy percent discount. Um, Look, it's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot, which is a really good place to go if you need to see how trustworthy things are. Um, one touch of a button, and you are protected. Your data, your passwords, all that sort of stuff. And you can use it on your phone, your tablet, your mobile. Your phone, your tablet, your desktop, wherever you are, whether that's at home or on the move. So um, if anyone's interested in a VPN or needs a VPN for any reason, um, go and check out IP Vanish. As I said, link is in the description, but the address is www.ipvanish.com forward slash daytrippers. There you go. Brilliant. I couldn't have done it better myself. Bosh, um, Liz Golden. Straight in. She says, I really like IP Vanish. Used them for years. Thanks, Liz. Wow. Um, well done, Liz. Yes. Um, there you go. Um, 70% off the yearly plan, says Chris Brack. 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So there we go. What more can you ask for? Not really? much more, Keith. I'm being honest. No, no, not much more. But back to Divock. Back to Divock. Mm-hmm. So that we, you spoke about the everything in there, lads. And I think that's a pivotal point in the Divock story. So before that, he, he, he gets injured against Everton. He comes back the next season, gets a few goals, but ultimately then he gets loaned out to Wolfsburg. It looks like it's not happening for him. He's brought back in from the cold, really, for that everything game, and he gets that goal. Now, that's, I'm going to say, his first iconic moment. The goals against Dortmund, brilliant. The West Brom turned out, in hindsight, to be an iconic moment. It's the one against everything in the game he gets injured where he heads it, where it kind of hits his shoulder. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He scored a few of them, in fairness to him. Yeah. Um, but this one is the iconic one and everything around it, you know, as you said, he, he thinks we're probably two down and he's running back, running to get the ball to start the game. And it just sums up Divock, but he starts him on a run and it, it's like his career was two parts. We had the first part of Divock and then we have the second part starting at that game. So you touched on it there, Gav. He goes, plays the Newcastle game. He gets a late, um, a late winner in that one as well. Then it comes Barcelona Um semi-final of the Champions League we're missing Mo we're missing Bobby Bobby was it missing yeah. Mo we're missing Bobby front three uh, Shakiri Origi Mane yeah and we lose Robbo everything everything that can go wrong is going wrong around that time mm-hmm. but Divock starts up front and he gets us off to a good start in the game um, and after having an iconic moment Shawnee I'll come back to you iconic moment on the Pickford Little Arms makes the balls of it we come to this semi-final where We'd lose out on the league. Vincent Company gets the goal that Monday night, I think, isn't it, against Leicester? Yeah. We're going into this game 3 0 down. Or without Mo, or without Bobby. Mo gets concussion at Newcastle. Yeah. And has to sit it out. And it's like everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Divock isn't a hero at this stage. He had his moment against Everton and Newcastle, but he's still Divock at the end of the day. It That was just. To me, that's the biggest moment of his career. It's one of the best moments of watching a match I've ever had was that Liverpool 4-0 against Barcelona. And Divock is key in it because we spoke about Trent's quickly taking corner. But Divock is telling him, like, he moves in there and he's alert and Trent sees him moving into space. So it's not just all about Trent's quickness, isn't it? Divock is smart enough to get in there and it's a great finish. Yeah, and I'll say another thing. There's games where he's had moments and he's been pony. 
but he was fucking brilliant that night. Yeah. He ran his heart. He ran his heart out. He was unbelievable. He was a nightmare. He was mauling PK. He didn't know how to deal with him because he was just so big and so awkward. And he was all over the place. And he really pulled it out of bag for us that night because we were missing Mo and we were missing um, Bobby. He was, Bobby was so key in that season, if you remember. Huge. Everything good we did. He was literally probably our best player. I, was like, that his team. best scoring year, year as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He was unbelievable in that season. And he's missing. And he just made an absolute nuisance of himself. He walked his balls off. And I only watched the coach's voice thing last week with um, Pep Linders. And he actually remarked about Divock. The job he had on and what he had to do. And the way he had to occupy Busquets. And then he had to occupy the centre-backs when they were getting on the ball. And just how good he was. And then how alert he was then for the fight. Like, he'd be forever... That'll be replayed, like, when we're long gone. Yeah. And it will all... Like, it's always about the corner taken quickly and Trent and Trent... It, it's more... It's probably more Trent's iconic moment. Yeah. But Divock's the one who puts it in the net. And that'll never change. And sticks are right That's, in the top corner. Like, there's no fucking yeah. about... It's, Sweeps it in. it's shoot like I maintain there's no no one have player would have scored it because the fella is probably thinking about what he's gonna have for his post match and yeah. <laughs> the ball just comes flying all right I better put that in I better do something with that and he loops it into the top corner he it's just it's brilliant it's it's a massive moment and that it, it goes down as an, an iconic game because of the run and even I was in the fan zone the day before, the, the, the morning of the game, and Jamie Webster's up on the stage and he's doing Divock Origi and the place is going absolutely mental because the, the song, it's his song yeah. and everyone was like, all right, you knew exactly what he did. He He's the reason why we're here. And then later that night, he comes on with the dagger and puts them away. So it was kind of like a, a crescendo for him after a big moment, he goes and tops it off with the the vital goal in a, in a Champions League. Now, I know it's the goal 2-0, but it kills the game effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And but I'd say that's iconic goal, iconic yeah. moment, number yeah, three. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. In a short period of time. A million percent. And then the celebration and the scenes and the emotion that you felt. that Because I, I, I won't lie. I was in Madrid. I broke down crying. Yeah. I broke down crying when he scores the goal it was like a, a real relief because it was fucking so cruel to the idea that that team weren't going to win anything oh, in 18, 19. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm just thinking about, I was at home watching the, the final in Madrid and I scared the shit out of my daughter when um, yeah. when Origi scored because she's nine now, so she would have been six and just mm. sitting on the sofa and the ball went in and I went fucking mental and she kind of cheered with me and then looked at me and went, He's actually berserk. What the fuck's going on? Just broke down crying. And Shani knows my daughter. Um, she's very outgoing. She's quite confident. But this was just like, what the fuck is he doing? Um, look, you're right, Keith. There's two sides to him. There's the side to him where he, he, he's, tr- he's trying to be Liverpool's main striker. He gets injured. He, he kind of goes into the shadows a bit. And then there's the bit from probably, you know, um, Newcastle and Barcelona onwards where it's like, he'll do something, 
you know, the sort of way. Look, that Barcelona game, look, like, you see, when he comes on against Newcastle, it's like a bit of break glass, isn't it? This is an emergency. Yeah. Fuck him on. And it is an emergency with Barcelona as well, but he's put on down the middle. And what you see in that game is a um, really good force touch, strong, making sure he gets it to Shakiri, making sure he gets it to Mane. He's winning headers. He scores the first one, right? Okay. Um, the second goal, fine, Wijnaldum. The third goal, we win in midfield, and I think I think Fabinho plays a ball in behind Barca, which by Roy, the keeper should have came out for. But Origi takes off after this thing down the yeah. channel. Gets a turn on it and clips it back into the box. Not a bad ball. So he actually makes, not a ball out of nothing, but he, it's just his pace and his straight running. Gets in behind the thing. I think it's PKR. It was a Langley playing for them that night. Um, and he's straight in behind and he gets in. And then he scores the fourth one. Like, there's so much going on in that game around Divock Origi. You know, sort of way. By the way, um, it was more like a front two because Shakiri was fucking appalling in the first half of that game. And you're like, he's definitely getting whipped. And he doesn't. Yeah. And he actually just comes out like a different player second half. And then you go on to the final. And like Sean, he says, like he comes on and he's appalling. Like oh. Can't hold on to the ball. Can't yeah. pass it. Making the wrong runs. You know, not coming short. Trying to go long. Getting caught off. So all was going on. And then it just drops him. He just goes, take a touch. Bang. Left foot. And he puts it. In the only part of the goal, Hugo Lloris can, can't get it. It's yeah. right in against the post. And then he just jogs off, like you can see on screen. He jogs off as... It's a bit like a fella that scores a really good goal in the Astro. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And he just jogs off and just celebrates for the crack in the Astro because he scored a really good goal. Um, and it's... I think it's his best goal. I think it's an absolutely brilliant It's an goal unbelievable gets, finish. The touch by Matip, sorry if I couldn't across you, Matip lays it off to him. He just shifts it. The body goes. It's on his left foot. There's no thought of what he did. It's no an backlift. absolute arrow. It's an absolute the, Robbie Fowler finish. It's a Robbie it's Fowler a great, finish. Yeah, it's, it's That's very what it felt like. Fowler. Fowler, Fowler used to do that just boom and bang. And he was so pure and when he when he hit a Fowler. But, but Origi scores. But... When you see them celebrating after the game, you can see them hugging Origi and stuff like that. But they're probably hugging him with a bit of, um, there's probably a bit, there's, a, there's an aggression in it as if to say, you can do this all the fucking time. You know, there's probably a bit of um, frustration in, in the celebrations that you get with Origi when they're hugging him and they're kind of going, and they're shaking him as if to say, you can do that all the fucking time. But he's kind of going, oh, it's, come on, lads. Like, you know what I mean? I, I have to be home. And, you know, he, he wants to get off. Like, he's, he's a mad footballer. He's a mad yeah. footballer. You looking to get in there, Shani? Shani was pointing at us. I don't know what he was pointing at us for. It's like he remembered something. Yeah. Um, but now there's something that that you have sort of said. The, the second goal there in that Champions League final. I was in the pool watching it. And like Shani, the release, you know, because 1-0 is a scutery scoreline and anything can happen then. And you, if you can see the late goal, Anton can go wrong, but it's Divock who scores a late goal, and that's another team of his time with Liverpool. Newcastle, it's a late goal. Everton, 96th minute, it's a goal. Champions League final, what's it, 88 or something that he scores that goal on? It's a late goal. Yes. Wolves this season, it's, it's a late goal. Well, but it's there. Are, the thing is, Sean, he said, you know, he's, he's a clutch player, you know what I mean? It's like basketball, he's actually named after Vladi Divac, a, a Serbian basketball player, but he just comes up so big Absolute in these knowledge there. moments. Ah, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh, right, okay. Um, That's but, like um, the podcast called Under the Cush, and he had Andy Lonergan on it, um, who was 
kind of a cult. He's a cult hero. Andy Lonigan was like someone yeah. who was just hanging Walking around, around with a fucking league Don't title winning medal done. Just... Some fella who rolled off the sofa and just ended up in walk at Liverpool one day like he handed in his TV and he didn't do a background check yeah. on him. Was like, yeah. He actually He's had um, an internship he was. He, he said on under the coach that Origi is the best was the best finisher at Liverpool. Yeah. He said in training. Captain Sal says it as well. Klopp did he, say this as well. When he hit the ball, he couldn't get when you when he hit wasn't he when he was hitting the ball. Because they asked him what he was like. They said, What's a regular like? He goes, He's mad. He just floats around. But he goes, Let me tell you, finisher. He said, When he was hitting the ball, you weren't getting near it. Wherever way he did it. And he got it's one of his probably lesser known goals. He scores one against everything, and it's against Robles. But it's straight at him. But it's at a yeah. million miles oh, an hour. That's the derby where um that's the derby that was on, it was on early, wasn't it? We went yeah. one 0 up and then yeah, they equalized well, some young for score for them at the cop end. And then yeah. Coutinho jinks in and scores. Yeah, he does. That's where the song comes from. Saturday night and I like the way he moved. That's where that song came out of because um no, it was it was Saturday it. morning. Yeah, but it was yeah, but that's where it came because it was a Saturday morning game, I think. And that that came out that was being sung in a pub later on that day. But yeah, he just bashes her at him, Sean. He just who gives yeah, a fuck like it's delta. just power. Like, and the thing has gone past him by the time he can even react, and that that's what he has about him. There's there's that bit of what's the word looking for? Like, sort of unpredictability with him. Like, you know, he seems nonchalant, but he has that ability. And like, it's a bit frustrating now. You think about when you're seeing Gav. Remember Virgil running up to him, going like fucking come on like you're not like yeah. you've got ability and who knows like he could go there and rip her up but I really, I really hope he does but look the moments this fella had like a winner in a Champions League final and yeah. no doubt about it if we do go on to win on Saturday the boys will he will be paraded with that he will yeah. be and it, like he's normally he's very um Seems to be understated normally with the with the celebrations, but I noticed in the FA Cup they made a, the lads made a big effort, and you could see he was kind of reveling. And he seemed to be coming out of his shell a little bit more because he does seem like a he seems like a, a a real relaxed bloke. And I we didn't touch on it. Apparently, he's really in touch with the psychological side of the game. Apparently, yeah. he's he's very intelligent and in touch with that side of his his psyche and and his character. And it's something that he. Uh, he does pride himself on apparently, um, and he set up a scholarship, didn't he? In uh, in Liverpool, yeah, exactly. And Keith, that's legacy. Yeah, that's legacy. Like they always say, club said, it's not about what people say to you when you arrive; it's what they think of you when you leave. And not only has he left a, club, a mark on the football club, he's actually he's he's walking away there now with a scholarship in his name in John Moore University in Liverpool, which I believe he intends to carry on uh, yeah. even after he's gone. So I think he's committed that's to it. Of, he's committed yeah. to it for as long as it needs to be committed. To. Yeah, that, that's a that's a mark of the man. And uh, he, his, that song will be sung the exact same way, even more so than Maxi Rodriguez, Lewis guys here. When we're two, I I reckon every game we're up against everything you're gonna be hearing in Steve yeah. Ocarivi. Yeah. Uh, and and when you're in the park or the sand and or wherever you go before the game, that will be that will be sang. Definitely. Yeah. You'll have flags and all on the cup. Because he deserves them, let's be honest. 
100%. And Gav, it's fitting that he, he gets his last goal for Liverpool against Everton yeah. in that derby game. Yeah. And, you know, it, the story of Divock, um, it's it's going to be, you know, the big goals and the big moments, but it's he absolutely terrored Everton over the years. And... You know, it's it's iconic. The 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 pig for balls up is one of the most iconic goals. I've said it before. You know, it's absolutely the unbelievable. Scored, the one he scores against Everton in that five two, where Lovren hits a rake and pass. Yeah. The control and finish of that is a fucking mental. Yeah, right. He he takes this thing out of the sky on a sixpence, and in the same movement, yeah. lobs it over Pickford. It was unbelievable. I can't even remember the second. Did he score twice that night? Yeah, um, I can't remember his other one. He does, yeah. He got uh, Shakiri plays him in. Ah, he, he, get, he gets played through, and yeah, and no, Mane him. plays him through when he rounds Pickford early. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, now I remember it. But the second one in that game is one of the most underrated goals you'd ever see because it's literally coming over to Charlie. He takes it down and split second knows where Pickford is and just goes bang, hits it with pace over the top of him into the net. He he, he has so much talent. And, and and I do know, like, you know the way you see players' body language and reactions to other players? I have seen on numerous occasions different players at Liverpool nearly grabbing hold of him and nearly hoping that, listen, if I'm the one that grabs him on a pitch and literally tells him he's, he can be at whatever he wants, I'll be the one to break Divock Origi out and be wherever he wants to be. But he's probably what he is because of just the way he carries himself. You know, if he's into the psychological side of things, he's very laid back. When we win things, he's like, this is great. But, you know, he, not in a demeaning way where people go, oh, this is great. Who gives a fuck? Like, you know, um, and kind of sneers at his achievements. But he's just what he is. I think if he was more uptight, I think he might, he might become a more frustrating player for himself and others to watch. But overall, listen, 10 million, he's there eight years. Um you can say what you want about him. He's used out on the left, used out on the right. I don't think it suits him. When you've seen him down the middle, he's been really good. He scored some really big goals. And you know what? Not every single forward that's play, has to, that plays for Liverpool has to be, you know, a goal a game, an assist a game, not most solid numbers. It doesn't have to be Ian Rush, Robbie Fowler, or Michael Owen numbers to be a really, really good forward at Liverpool. And all right, he probably hasn't played as much as you want. He probably hasn't influenced enough games for you but when you look back at it the ones he has influenced you can absolutely cherish because the, the, like they probably wouldn't have turned out that way if Diva Carigi wasn't there Indeed LFC aficionado has a comment in there he's outdone Fairclough as the greatest cult hero in LFC history not even the most biased local can deny it and I want to get to the user opinion on that you know is Divock Origi a cult hero or is he a Liverpool legend? And I know Sean, you touched on him in the goal, so I'll go to you, Sean. Do you see him as a cult hero or a legend or neither? Legend, legend for legend. you. Legend, yeah. Oh, do, do you know what? I'm probably wrong saying this, but I, I genuinely think, I think 90% of the squad who delivered the league title and the Champions League on that club, they'll all be considered legends. They're immortals. They did. They brought us to the really promised great. land, in my opinion. Like even G- Genie Wijnaldum, I hope in seven, eight, nine years, he's a handsome fucker. I hope BT, however, is covering the Champions League at the time, have him in the studio for Liverpool games. And that flashing up on the bottom. Premier League winner, Champions League winner with Liverpool. He's doing media. Origi the same. Like that, that's the, I think he's a legend. Cold Heroes for me is Maxi Rodriguez. Who else would you say is Lucas Leira? 
Lucas Levy, you could say. TD Kamara. I've a list. I've a list here, right? I'm going to read through my little list. Put a lot of effort into my list, so I'm going to read Get it out so, there, Keith. If you put the effort in, get it oh, out there. So... These are players that I just picked as cult heroes. None of them that you have mentioned. Well, yeah, Titi Kamara is on here. But we've got David Fairclough, right? He's always the one people go to as the cult hero. Super sub. David Fairclough scores. He plays 141 games for Liverpool. He scores 49 goals. Now, David Fairclough is a cult hero. He scores goals against Everton. But it's the Senetienne is the one that he's really remembered for. I think Divock has overtaken him as a cult hero, right? But I know legend, I do have him as a legend as well. Alan Kennedy, 374 games for Liverpool. A lot more than than the boys that we've mentioned there. But Alan Kennedy, for fans that are older, probably wasn't the best player. Do you know what I mean? He played in a great he team. He wasn't. He won loads and he scored a winning goal in the European Cup final yeah. and he scored a winning penalty in the European Cup final. He scores the one at 81 in Paris, doesn't he? Madrid, he scores, yeah. yeah, he scores the one in 81 and he gets the winning penalty against uh, Roma as well, doesn't yeah. he? So he's he's up there. Um, but he's got 20 goals from left back from 374 games. Titi Kamara played 37 games, got 10 goals. Another cult hero back in the day. Um, he's ahead of him as a cult Lewis hero. Lewis Garcia Tinti is probably a bit of a cult hero. Yeah, um, I have Ronnie Rosenthal as moments, well. Yeah. Rosenthal yeah, is moments. definitely a cult hero. Ronnie Rosenthal, 97 games, 22 goals. Comes in, um, does brilliant when he comes in, leads us to a league title. Has that miss that he's his iconic moment is fucking yeah. missing an open goal. But, yeah, but you know, Divock could be ahead of him as well. Craig Johnson, another player that was a bit of a jack of all trades, more famous probably for the Adidas Predators. But he played an awful lot of games for Liverpool. He played 257 times, got 38 goals, 23 assists. I'd have Divock ahead of him as well. Steve Nickel was one, and that's a mad this is a mad one because Steve Nickel is a Liverpool legend. But he was a bit of a head he was a bit of a head case as well, Steve Nickel. He was a bit of a a bit of a lunatic. Yeah, but in, in the penalty shootout in eighty four, he misses his penalty, doesn't he? Because he takes the ball, he's not meant to be taking one of the penals, and he just picks the ball up and walks up to take his penal and misses. He's only a young flip. Yeah. So he's a bit of a spacer. But Dork Steve Nickel is a great head now. Yeah, he's a dickhead. Steve yeah, Nicholas mental now. Ah, he's he's ridiculous. But that's why he was a bit of an empty head, and that was the whole thing about him. But Steve Nichols, he Steve Nichol plays four hundred and fifty two times, scored forty five goals. Famously got he a hat trick. Yeah, away at he got a hat trick away at Newcastle. He won Player of the Year. You know, people think he was a fullback all the time in the eighty eight. A lot of the time he played on the right side of midfield. Great. But, Steve Nichol was a great player. He's a legend, but he's also a cult hero in the sense because he was a bit of a head case. As I said, he, he just takes a penalty even though he's not meant to not meant to be on the list to take one. But Divock is right up there for them moments. If you look at Fairclough being the one for Senate, yeah, well, Divock has Barcelona. He has the header. He has the Champions League final. I'd class him as the best cult hero this club has ever had. And I know what you're saying about him being a, a, being a bit of a disservice. But I think he is a cult hero. But I also think he's a legend because I agree with what Sean he said. The team that delivered that Premier League title and that Champions League go down as legends for me as well. Does Gav, you, where does it stand in, for you? Is the mean I would say cult legend or cult hero? Um, his output would say legend, and I think that's yeah. I think that's what we are looking at. I think if if were he was all action, you know, mental scores goals, jumps in the fucking crowd, all sorts of stuff. You go, he's a legend, isn't he? Like, look at this, look yeah. at the stuff he's done. He's all over the place. He scored goals. He scored this big bang, 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 big goals. You go, he's a legend. I think his demeanor tries to push him towards a, a cult hero because he looks like yeah. a fella that 
just wanders in and plays games for Liverpool at times just because of the way he carries himself. Um, I would veer more towards the legendary thing though. I think we've spoken loads this week about, you know, what this Liverpool team is, how good it is, what it's up against um, and how brilliant they've been to get near most trophies they've gone for, in fairness, you know, um, when you look what's around them. And he's been a part of it. He's been a part of winning the league. He's been a part of winning the European Cup. He's been a part of being in another European Cup final. He has a League Cup under his belt. He's an FA Cup belt. You know, he's a, he's World, a World Club Cup. Cup. He's a, Super, he's a Cup. Super Cup. He has loads. And take his demeanour out of it and you see what he's done and what goals he's got. I think I'd lean a little bit more to the legend. But I understand when people look at him and go, cult hero because he just looks like you know, it fell off the street that just wandered in and played some football, a street football or a bit. And, it, you know, he looks like a fella that scores goals and then goes off and, you know, he, he does, his, does his day job then and um, the important stuff in his life. Yeah. You know, the sort of way. So, Klopp called him a legend. Now, yeah. I'm on Klopp's yeah. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm legend. not going against you. We were having this conversation, <laughs> to be honest. I think he's both. I have him in both camps. I think he's a cult hero and he's a legend. But, lads, before we do finish up, what's your favourite Divock moment, Shani? Um, that's so hard. There's a funny one, but for, for there's the funny one. There's the grabbing the ball at one nail, but I let one you take that. For me personally, it's Madrid because what that goal meant in the grand scheme, um, you can't really put a price on that. Not for me, anyway. Uh, like I said, 18, 19 were phenomenal. 97 points don't win a league. Uh, the Champions League is a sideshow for most of the season, if I'm being honest. Let's, uh, would you agree? It's a sideshow. The Champions League is a sideshow. You're not really thinking about it. Like yeah. We beat Barca in the quarters and you're like, Bayern in the round of 16 and then Porto and you're like, kind of going, we're in the bleeding Champions League semi-final here. Um, and then the let-off, because I just burst into tears when he scored the second one because it meant so much and it's kind of a catalyst then for us going on to winning the league, really. Because he doesn't get that goal. Lord knows what happens. Because Spurs, although Allison is brilliant, that kind of in the ascendancy, that's the, that was the dagger. And the layoff around, around me and the, the Champions League final. When I look back, it gives me joy to this. That all of his moments bring me joy, but that one brought me tears of joy. And uh, it's the reason why we're going for number seven and not number six now on Saturday. Fair. Indeed. Gav? Um, look, Champions League one is hard to look beyond. The Barcelona stuff, Newcastle, all the goals against Everton. Um, Wolves this season comes on. Bangs one in, yeah. um, when we're absolutely hammering away, trying to trying to catch up with um, Man City. They're all great and they're all brilliant. The, the quickly taking corner where he bangs one in, he, he gets the ball rolling against Barca. There's so many. Um, the one against Everton where he just smashes a straight at Robley is is brilliant as well. I'm gonna say Preston away in the League Cup. The goal he oh, scores that night is just ridiculous, right? And it's yeah. so Divock Um yeah. If you were to paint the goal. If if you if you, if you, if you, if you, if you had to paint yeah. the goal 
to match what Diva Carrigi went around as as a Liverpool player. That's the one. Like I think it's Nico Williams twisting the corner, comes in the box. He could take a touch, swivel and hit it, just to say it's fuck this, just throws his leg up at it, hits his heel, goes over the keeper into the net, and you just roar laughing at it because it's so Diva Carrigi. It's you know, if you said if you said to someone, paint paint a goal that, you know, um signifies a Rigi to the car, it's that. You know, you know the ones where you see where you flick through a book and it, the story is told in all different captions as you flick through a book real quick? That's it. Just Divock Origi standing with the European Cup with this goal beside it where he's just flicking it over his head for no fucking reason away at Preston in a League Cup game. So I'm going to go for that. Which is fair because if you look at, as we keep referring to the picture there on the screen, that's a man who scores the, the dagger in the Champions League final. Yeah. And he looks like the type of character he'll do a scorpion kick against Preston in the League Cup as well and not give a shit about it. Yeah. But that was Divock. For me, the greatest Divock moment is the Barcelona game. Because the, the greatest moment though, as a fan for me from Liverpool was Alisson scoring a goal because it was a jaw-dropping oh, moment. Right? But that stands alone as... You know, that'll very, very hard to beat that moment for me. But as a match, Liverpool went into that game for a uh, 3 0 down against Messi, against Suarez, against Barcelona, the great Barcelona Tino. team. Now they had they had got a reputation for bottling things, you know, over the years, but this was a 3 0 win. Now remember the first leg, we got beaten 3 0. I thought we actually played quite well in that Should have won the game. Just got absolutely sucker punched all over the place. And we went in, everything was against us. And to come back with the threat of an away goal, I always say it's the greatest comeback because Barca only needed to get one and that would have took for now. Yeah. But we didn't. We put our foot on their neck and never let up. And Divock was just, it was so undivock like because he was a, a man possessed in that game. And it'll just be the release that Shawnee spoke about in the in the Champions League final. I totally get that because I was the exact same in the pub. But for that game, it was it was like the Allison goal. It was a sort of what the fuck have I just seen? Because Liverpool done the impossible. It's kind of primal. And I felt yeah, and I just felt that Divock was just like two goals from the man that were all, you know, at the start of the game, we're not thinking nice when at least Divock is there. We're all like off off sake what's going to happen here we don't have the boys yeah. and he was the first goal doesn't get spoken about but he's following up you know what I mean he's doing the things that that you know Finishers maybe Bobby do. doesn't do you know but he was doing what a centre forward does he was in there following up on the rebound and he was just brilliant and that like one of the greatest moments what? watching football disbelief of a, a result and it was Divock was as front and centre of it so Santandi says he comes off the bench um, away to Villa when we beat him 6 0. Scored straight away. Is that the one where he runs over and your man starts eating the face yeah, off? Yeah, it's a good one. No, he's never got near the fans again. He's sexually assaulted, for God's sake. Yeah, there's that, that, that moment as well. Like, just, uh, listen. It's all moments. He won't, for me, he won't go down as one of the great Liverpool strikers, but he'll go down as one of the most. Um, He's had some influence, in fairness to him. And I think I think the age he's at, where the age he comes to Liverpool, the issues he has over that injury that really halts him, the moments he's had, um, and the work he's put in for Liverpool out of position a lot of the time, to have those moments walking away, like for him to walk away and go two against Barca in a semi-final, a goal against Newcastle to keep a title race alive, you know, a goal in a, in a in a European Cup semi or final as well. Um, Everton every bleeding time he plays them. You know, 
it's a really good legacy he's left. And then you talk about the stuff with the, with the university and like a lot of people that have played for Liverpool, like the, the club gets to them. It gets to them. And, and I've no doubt in five, six, seven years' time when Divock Origi is no longer playing football or he's at the back end of his career, you'll see him visit in Anfield. You'll probably see him in the Legends team in 10 years' time. Um, like most, like when Aldam, like Shani mentioned earlier, you'll see all these players because, look, they've all played for numerous clubs around Europe, but it's something about Liverpool when you play. And when you play there for four or five, or in Origi's case now eight, it just grabs you and you fall in love with it. And even if you go off to Milan and you might leave Milan and, and go back to, you know, an Anderlecht or whoever in in, in in Belgium, they all seem to levitate back towards, you know, um, Liverpool. And I think he's definitely one that, you know, he'd be he'd be asked to talk about his time at Liverpool and the impact he's had, and and he'd be he'd be very welcome at Anfield for for as, as long as he's around. Yeah, and and it's a, what a legacy, you know, what a legacy, what a man. Um, just to so many moments, you know, it's all about moments, and that's that's the thing that annoys Man City fans is that you know there's all these Liverpool players in the media and on punditry gigs, but it's because they're having these iconic moments, they're having these big moments in European competition on the global stage, and that's where Divock will will stand out. He, you know, done it big in the Champions League, and you can't ask for more than that. So before we finish up, sorry, can I read this out? Can I read this out? Because I've seen this, and if this is true. It's a men- most mental comment I've ever seen. Yeah. Red Steve says, we'll always remember, we'll always be corner taken quickly as the biggest moment. We buried my dad in the morning, came across an Audi on its roof on the drive home, and then that most emotional day ever. <laughs> if that's true, that's one of the most <laughs> insane comments I've ever seen on this channel. But um, yeah. yeah, it's a day to remember for a different reason, Red Steve, but um, Origi made a finish on a good note. But yeah, that, but that's what being a Liverpool fan's all about, isn't it? All these emotional things and like that, as Red Steve says, one after another in one day, and then to finish it off with with Divock doing that and and the Reds doing that, you know, it's brilliant and it it etches him into the the fabric of Liverpool. As we said, he leaves the club with a Premier League winner, a Champions League winner, an FA Cup winner, a League Cup winner, a World Club Cup winner, a Super Cup winner. You know, he leaves with the medals to go with. In- yeah. And a scholarship at Liverpool's main university where he will have a, a definite impact on, on lives. The exactly. people who need it. So sometimes it goes past football, you know? Yep, 100%. And you can't forget that either because at the end of the day, he, he was he was man enough to do something. Like, he could have just walked away at any time he wanted. And he could have, it would have been an out-the-back door job. But he's gone out the front door now with all the medals. And I'm delighted. Because whether he's a cult hero or a legend, there'll be players who play for this club who will wish they won. Well, for, for Liverpool, what what Origi has. Yeah, Great. and a funny one. Before we finish up, his international career, right? So with Belgium, makes his debut in twenty fourteen. He's got thirty two caps in eight years. He scored, yeah, he scored three goals. All three goals came in 2014. He hasn't scored hasn't since. Ashley Elder so, says 27.27% of all Origi's Premier League goals came against Everton. He'll do yeah. for me. If that doesn't make it an icon, I don't know what does. Right, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up now. But Fale Con Gav, so 
Um, we spoke about them as a charity partner for a long time. You know, people who know about, well, most people will know about it at this stage, but if if, if not, read up. It's in the show descriptions. It's all over there, um, social media, our website, everything. Failicon's a charity that, you know, helps people through loss of um in during pregnancy or shortly after it gives a service that people you know it's vital for if you're in that situation and well you might not have had it to go through yourself we all know people who have and to, to get that support and we were running the charity golf day which is coming up very quick and it's about raising money and we're looking to raise money how's it going where are we uh we're gone past the five thousand, which yeah. is great um so we're over halfway there the golf day is all sorted. Every hole is being sponsored. Long drives are being sponsored. Nearest the pin is being sponsored. Um, raffle prizes. Um, we have a few in and a few more to come, I think. But we just won't stop until until we get to the 10K. And, and genuinely, like we're coming towards the end of our season now and we, we'll do our summer. And then we get back into next season. And we're already discussing the possibility of not having sponsors on this channel next year because yeah. the charity stuff has taken over and is probably more important and you know we all laugh and joke about the ip vanish stuff and and whether a bet me or whatever but these, these people that do come in and sponsor help us to keep things going and help us to pay the bills i suppose but um for me and i know you and and shawnee and and you know whether it's chris or kev or or emma or Andy or Phil or whoever, Dicko, whoever's on, on shows, um, and I've probably missed a few names, I apologise, but the charity stuff probably means more to us than anything. Yeah. And, you know, if it means giving the charity more of an emphasis, and I don't think we can, because we're giving it a lot, but if they give us a more emphasis where we don't have to do sponsorships, I think, I think we probably might go down that road. You know, yeah. unless an offer comes in where a partner's meant to would walk with us and say, "Listen, we'll we'll sponsor you." We'll probably take one on. Um, but our, our team with all the, all the charity stuff is, if you're sponsoring this channel in any way, um, you will not stand in the way of us um talking about our charities on every exactly. single show. Look, there's a gone. comment in there before we before mm. we finish up, Gavin. I want you to have a look at it from Thomas Connolly. So. He says, "Great show, lads! If Liverpool win on Saturday, I will donate one thousand to your Fairlycon." And if someone gets a hole in one on your golf day, I will donate five hundred towards Failicon. I keep my promise, Thomas Connolly. I had your comment from a couple of weeks ago, and I it deleted. I screenshotted it and I sent it to Keith, um, and it deleted off my phone, and I completely forgot your name. I actually thought it was somebody else, and I actually mentioned them last week. I said, "Yeah, you the fella that done that." If Liverpool went inside and you donate one thousand, great. If someone gets a hole in one on your golf day, I will donate five hundred towards Failicon. Thomas, can you please email me at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com because I have an even better idea with regards to a hole-in-one if you would like to go along with it. So email me at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and um, we'll try to sort something out. It is golf-related. It is hole-in-one related, but it's a much better idea than um, for the, the hole-in-one the golf day. Um, let me know. But that's a, a brilliant gesture from Thomas as well. Look, we're going to get to the 10K, whether it takes us till July or next July, we're going to keep going until we do because it's a brilliant, brilliant charity, Keith. Um, it's voluntary. Um, like we raised two thousand three hundred eighty euros out of the sponsorship for the day. I informed Faelicon of this yesterday or the day before. Um, told him I'd be transferring the money, that money, to them straight away because I hate having money in our account that's not belonging to us. And um, they were absolutely blown away by it. They thought two thousand three hundred eighty was the 
was the amount. I was like, no, 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 there's 5,000. But that's because of donations. They were like, what? I was like, yeah. I said, well, we're not going to stop till we get to 10. So um, if people can, look in the description. You'll get all the details about Failicon. You can donate. But pass it amongst friends, family, colleagues. I know Phil um, from the Trippers is doing like some sort of Iron Man thing in July. And he's all his sponsorship is going towards Failicon. So if you are like, I don't know, doing... 10k a day for something or you're 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 running a mini marathon as loads of women in ireland do and the winning women's mini marathons coming up or you're doing some sort of charity thing where you can you know um nominate a charity (coughs) we can send you the link and you can get people to donate in there you can take the donations and give it to us then afterwards so um look it's just something that's big with us and it's probably taken over amongst it's probably taken over the lockheed do you think yeah no i agree it's 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 changed the not that it's changed the outlook of but i think a few years ago and look every every youtube channel and all that are looking to make money and make money and sponsorship and you know yourself sponsorship has been you know it's it's a hard thing to get done in these days but over the last couple of years the charity stuff that you've really drove to the fore and full culminating now on the failicon stuff this year it's just it makes things more worthwhile, I think, and yeah. and I think everybody on connected to the show and in the in the chat room, you know, it, we keep saying that we love our chat. Everyone's great in the chat. These people have helped push it and helped drive it, and and the satisfaction you get knowing that you, you're helping someone and you're not in it. We're not in it to make a quick book. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd rather know that that we helped Sienna, we helped Keen. That we're helping Failicon and and it just gives you more of a sense of of pride, really, in what you're doing. And that's to speak for myself. But you know, I just I just think it's it's changed how we do these shows and maybe how we we look upon doing them in the future. I think I think when it, I don't know how we've got to this, but why not? Um, I think when it when it comes down to doing shows, we enjoy doing shows because we like talking about football. We talk, like talking yeah. about Liverpool, and, and we're bringing a new show tomorrow called um, Viewers um, Viewers Voice, which is going to be me and Emmett with two viewers that watch this show every night are actually going to be on the show tomorrow, and we'll continue to be on the show um, once a week um, for the foreseeable. Um, there's a, f- a good few people that watch this have been in contact, and we've spoken to them, and they're going to alternate between them, um, and. Like that that stuff we like doing, bringing people that have watched, you know, Emma has watched, Chris Brack, Kev, um, they've all watched and they end up being on this show because we just we're open to anything. Now don't get me don't get me wrong, you will get people that will come on and they'll just go, Don't want to be on. <laughs> don't have the voice for it, don't have the face for it, don't you know, just don't have the confidence. That's absolutely fine. But you know, we do have to pay bills. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I look after all the finances. Trust me, yeah. you have to pay bills like for software and, and different things. And, and the chat we have in Telegram is not free. We have to pay yeah. for that every month. So there is things where you have to pay bills. You know, this is my full-time job. I'm not yeah. going to lie to anyone. That's my full-time job. Everyone knows that. You know, um, I could go out tomorrow and get a job and earn more money. I could. But I love doing this. And I think the charity thing, like you said, it... You enjoy doing the shows, but the charity thing just gives you that bit extra. It gives you that. And it's not for me to turn and go, I raise this money for charity, because you Keith, you know, and loads of people know, I don't know my mouth about it. Yeah. You know, I could meet anybody, and they'd say, what do you do? I, I do a podcast. I'd never say, oh, yeah, I've helped this and I helped that. I don't say it. I'd rather just, the money is done and, and, and great. And it's it's become a massive part of this channel. 
massive, massive part of it. To the point where, and I mean this, we've torn down sponsors because we don't we don't want this the charity stuff to be overshadowed. The likes of Betmate, the likes of IP Vanish, um, and others before them that have sponsored this channel have been very good in is um in saying, yeah, no problem if you need to do charity stuff. Yeah. Because it's written into our contracts that the charity stuff must be mentioned on every show. And um yeah, that's how it goes. But listen, it's it's one of those where we'll get to the ten grand. And when we get to the ten grand, you know, Failicon, I think it'll it's something like three years that could that could fund them for. But we'll go on to the next thing. You know, there's always an individual out there, mostly children, that need treatment that we will find and we will push. Or, you know, like you look at some charities that are really, really good and they don't get the I suppose the, the public kind of attention that they should. And why not? Like yeah. when you're when you're talking about football, why not mention everyone mentions good news stories. Everyone mentions, you know, good things that happened in the world. Like and then you have to mention terrible things like what's happened in Texas over the last twenty four hours, which is horrendous, you know. And but why not mention a charity? And why not tell people, listen, there's the link if you want to do this or you want to do that. But I've also said that from June the fourth, we won't be asking people from um for likes or subscriptions and stuff like that because I, I don't know much of a difference it makes, Keith. I genuinely yeah. don't. I don't know much because we do this in a certain way and we, we will not let ourselves go down a road that um you see all over the internet now that I just can't fathom and bear. And we won't go down and it doesn't it doesn't because we stick to what we want to do and talk about football, it doesn't attract um yeah. people of today. It just doesn't. And I know that. I know. I said a couple of weeks ago, we're pissing against the wind if we ever think we're gonna have a hundred thousand subscribers and making thousands and thousands out of this. We're not. Because we're not what the kids want to see nowadays. Yeah. Right? And we're comfortable in that. So what we want to do is we want to, we love the fact that Earth Chat is so many level people, level-headed people, funny people, um, you know, passionate people, but they're able to talk football and they're able to respect people. And they're able to watch a football show and know that they're going to talk for 10 minutes about charity and they're not going to fucking go mad and they're not going to throw their toys out of the pram. Why are you talking about bleeding charity? I want to hear about fucking Sadio Mane's contract. Like, you know, they're not like that. So, yes, it's taken over. The short thing, the way to say it is, Yes, the charity stuff has taken a massive part of it. It will never um, go away now. It will always be a massive part of what we do and will probably end up being the main focus of this channel, along with yeah. talking about Liverpool. And we wouldn't have it any other way and we wouldn't want it any other way. And, no, we and enjoy well, it. We, we love it. We have our chat and the, we see the same names constantly in the mm -hmm. chat, but we love seeing new names into the, mm -hmm. into the chat. So we're not a closed shop. We're not a closed community. We're an open community. We welcome everybody in here. But you're right. We're not going to go down the route of sort of flogging our golly for likes and, and things just to get more reach, to, to get um, fame. We're not doing this to be famous. We're just doing mm -hmm. this because we're lads who like talking shit about football and about Liverpool. And we wouldn't change that. And that uh, some people like it and some people don't like it, but... You know, it is what it is, and that's that's the way we do it, and that's the way we're going to keep doing it, but with more of a focus on charity. And again, yeah. wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, um, and look, like people are saying there, like that they appreciate what we do, but we appreciate more what people coming on and watching. Like yeah. people say to me, "How many subscribers have you got?" I don't know. 
I genuinely don't know. I think it's somewhere around 12,000, right? Yeah. I don't know an exact figure, right? The only reason I know it's about 12,000 because when I'm editing shows and putting stuff on YouTube, it pops up on my screen where I'm working. But I wouldn't go in and check how many subscribers I have or how many likes I have. Or I, mean, I just don't. I, the first thing I actually do every day is um, check my emails to see how many people have donated because every time there's a donation, I get an email. And... If it means then that we end up at 12,000 subscribers forever and we earn whatever amount for Failicon, 10 grand, and we earn 50 grand for some child in six months' time, who gives a fuck about subscribers? And um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, if, if a million people want to subscribe, walk away. But I, I love the fact that if you had 12,000 or a million, people learn very quickly when they come onto this channel that the people in the chat are very respectful and knowledgeable and stuff like that. So it's... Um, yeah. It's just a pleasure to do. It really is. Exactly. It's a pleasure to do from start to finish. And, and it like, is. We'll go out on Saturday now and we'll have a few drinks. Win, lose, or draw. We'll have a good time. We'll have a laugh. And we'll be back on a Sunday night and we'll be still talking about Failicom, won't we? That's it. Exactly. You know, I do it. And, you know, likes and subscribers, I'll be happy to get the Freedom of Dublin and a statue at the end of it. And if we can get that, then we'll be happy enough, you know. We won't we won't push it for um for any more. We don't look for money, we don't look for super chats and things like that. Well Sean is on here, he said his internet crapped itself. Sorry, apologies. Clearly Sean he's looking for a few quid for his fucking um thing. So I'll look <laughs> at the coffers here and see if I have a teller and uh, we'll try to get the internet sorted. But um listen, yeah. at the end of the day, I'll always say it, this channel is about people coming on, giving opinions. Um in a in a sensible sort of way. Be passionate, argue, whatever you want. Come on, do that. Help us out with charity. Have a laugh and feel part of something. And look, if that's if that's where everyone gets out of it, that's good enough for us. Yeah. Ray Dicko's giving out to us there. He wants to watch the replay, so I'll wrap this up. So Sorry, with that, yeah. I think we'll wrap this up, Gav. Dicko, so. is that Dicko going mental at the fact that we're trying to promote charity? It say? probably is, but yeah. that says a lot about Dicko, yeah, doesn't exactly. it? You know, absolute Jonah. Um, yeah, I hope Dicko predicts a Real Madrid win for Saturday because if he predicts a Liverpool win, everyone fucking stay at home and just lie under Forget the bed. Forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. Um, but look, this has been an hour of a Divacarigi special and twenty minutes talking about the charity, and we wouldn't change that for the world. But Gav. It was great having you on. Mm-hmm. Shawnee Silhouette, it was great having you on. Divock yeah. um, Origi leaves Liverpool a legend and an icon and a cult hero. And what more can we say about oh, Someone has asked, why is Shawnee always angry? Um, Shawnee's not angry. <laughs> Trust me, if you've <laughs> no, seen Shawnee angry, you'll fucking know about it. Shawnee's, uh, the word for Shawnee is passionate. He's very yeah. passionate. So, so laid back. You know, so laid back. He's just Red Steve said you should have used a VPN instead of an OSP. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, you live and learn. You live yeah, and learn. You live and learn. So look, we've been the day trippers. This has been the midweek fix, Divock Rigi special. And we'll see us all again soon. Saturday night. And he scored against the shite. Sports Social Podcast Network.